supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. And now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Vita Mojo is proud to be the headline sponsor of the Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Vita Mojo transforms chaos into confidence for hospitality operators worldwide, empowering brands to streamline order management and take control of their business. With its flexible end to end order management system, Vita Mojo gives you one central place to manage your menu across every channel, brand, and location. But Vita Mojo is much more than an out of the box software solution. The Vita Mojo team are with you every step of the way, providing the partnership you need, the technology you want, and the experience your guests deserve, all in one place. Vita Mojo will help you adapt to whatever the world throws at your hospitality business. For more information, visit vitamojo.com slash supersonic. Want to be recognised as one of the most innovative and best performing brands in our sector? I'm James Haken, the founder of Restaurant Marketer and Innovator, and here to tell you it's your time to shine. Our 2024 awards are open for entry with 13 categories. Join the likes of Brewdog, McDonald's, Turtle Bay, Box Park, Fuller's, Grind, Gales and Rick Stein restaurants who have all picked up wins in recent years. Visit restaurantinnovator.com to find out more information and apply. So a wet and windy day in Brighton today and it's really blustery and it's really bugging me but it's certainly not Brighton at its best. The good news is my guests today are Brighton at its best, certainly from a restaurant and hospitality point of view. Today we have a live podcast special where I've actually got people in a room rather than over Zoom and it is James Thompson of Wild Floor. Don Sperring of Chili Pickle and Robert Shenton, who's a co-founder of Riddle and Finns Brighton. I'm so excited to talk to them. We're going to talk about Brighton unashamedly and probably a bit lovey-dovey as well. We're going to talk about their stories. We're going to talk about growing the restaurants and brands that they have. We'll talk about the challenges facing them and also what we can all do to make hospitality an even more special place. So it gives me the most beautiful Brighton and Hove actually pleasure ever to introduce my next guests who are all legends in their own lunchtime for this Brighton special. And it's James Thompson, co-founder of Wild Floor, Don Sperring, co-founder of The Chili Pickle, and Robert Shenton, co-founder of Riddle and Fins. Hello. 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 Thank you very much. Co-founder heavy. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have you done the, with the other, the other ones one? Don't speak though. Or are they actually yeah, working? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> 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 making the place run. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd vote for Alan. Would you? Yeah. All right, I'm going. That, um, <laughs> that, that beard and Tash combo is coming on really well, yeah, I think. Yeah, he scrubs up. Yeah, right, he's doing all right. He's doing all right, I think. Okay, okay. So um, let's kick off. We're just going to go around and just, I guess, have your story, your journey in an X Factor style. Um, James, did you want to kick off about sure. how you're here and how you got to be doing what you're doing? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, co-founded well, Floor um, four or five years ago. That was the end result of running restaurants in uh, Brighton and Hove and also just wider Sussex um, prior to that. And, um, yeah, it was the opportunity to um, to get together. You just touched on it there, the co-founder thing. Didn't want to do it alone. Couldn't afford to do it alone. So we had a business partner and um, um, my wife and I, so two three of us all in and um yeah that was that was the vision it was born out of uh i guess as all good things should be born out of just really really liking the uh the stuff that we wanted to to do in the restaurant so we're really into food really into wine and um and just wanting to to do that for ourselves so i guess i had the classic career crossroads of staying to do it for someone else for forever which was a lot more comfortable and lucrative than the choice that i actually made um but we went for it and and, and there we are nice i, I think as a phrase you can't be a success living someone else's dream mm. so you might as well go for it i like that yeah, yeah. there you go uh, good decision <laughs> <laughs> that made me yeah, leave yeah. i actually saw a book when i worked in Pret and i saw that phrase and like mm. a few months later i left and I was yeah. Like, yeah 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 go for yeah it. yeah yeah but what is Wild Floor, if we had to describe it? Uh, so neighbourhood bistro uh, in, in Hove, as you touched on there. We're outside of Brighton, so we're down in Hove. Um, we looked we looked at Brighton, and our preference was, uh, was for Brighton initially in terms of footfall and all those other nice things that you can kind of rely on if you're not going to hit the ground running. Um, as hi- history played out, I think we were pretty chuffed with with where we where we went and where we where we found ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite it's a very traditional restaurant. Um, we try to actively avoid uh, buzzwords and trends, and it's starters, mains, desserts. It's not small plates. It's, it's kind of traditional a la carte, um, classic, old school, um, and try to build it on our own reputation for hopefully of, of good service and knowing knowing customers and, and knowing people really. Um, so yeah. There you go. I didn't summarise it at all well. <laughs> That's what in a nutshell, for. but yeah. it is a restaurant. Maria, can we just edit that? <laughs> Get AI to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so note to yourself, don't ask James any more questions. Um, Don, what about you? What about the legend that is a chilli pickle? Oh, legend. Well, I mean, we've been around for 15 years this year. Yeah, it's our birthday. We're trying to decide how to celebrate, actually. So watch this With space. booze? Well, everything's celebrated with booze if you're with me, but yeah. (laughs) Um, The chilli pickle was born um, when Alan and I were living in Dubai. Mm-hmm. and we were both working for the Jumeirah Hotel Group and we'd been there for about three and a half years and we just had our son and we were trying to decide what to do. We were either going to do another expat position or move back to the UK so we thought we knew the industry well enough. I mean Alan's a chef so he's only ever worked in hospitality um, that if we were going to do it maybe we should do it well 
the baby was still a baby and didn't realise mummy and daddy weren't really around. <laughs> um, Just so, like yeah. mannequins uh, set yeah, up in the yeah, living room. <laughs> yeah, he thought my mum and dad were actually his parents. Um, and yeah, so we moved back to the UK and that's where we started Chilli Pickle and Indian food is just such a passion for both of us and it was the only cuisine that we agreed on and that we knew that we could be fully immersed in happily mm-hmm. and it was a bit risky I mean this was a while ago I mean our son is just about to turn 17 now so for for us to decide to open an Indian restaurant in Brighton where I've never lived Alan went to Brighton College when he was 18 uh, and left and was an expat for the rest of uh, his career um, I'm originally from London but we couldn't afford to be in London yeah wanted to be by the sea, needed to be somewhere eclectic, a little bit more open-minded to what we were thinking of doing. And um, yeah, the chilli pickle was born. Nice. And you were originally in Hove, were you? Where no, were you Meeting first? House Lanes. Oh, so it was still lane, quite it? central yeah, yeah. in the lanes, where right. Embers is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, our, yeah. our original. But we was only there about 18 months. It was, was it? Yeah, it was quite short-lived and we've been in Jubilee Street ever since. Yeah, yeah, got that big site. Nice. Yeah. What were you, Rob? So, um... It's been quite a long way, really, with me. You know, um, started off in about '88, left school, found myself working in a, in a in a really busy bar in my town, hometown, collecting glasses, and and just sort of fell in love with hospitality. You know, sort of progressed into the bar. Suddenly, we progressed into a sort of supervisor position. By the time I was sort of, you know, not even 19. Um, by the time I was 20, I was on relief running pubs up and around the Midlands, you know, sort of taking over for a week here and there while managers went on holiday and got a lot of experience of just hospitality and different people and different sort of environments. Mm-hmm. You know, ended up and then in London running a, a pub in um, Camden, which was a, um, you know, complete sort of change of culture from Staffordshire, where I was from, a yeah, really yeah. small little town, to suddenly running a pretty hectic pub, you know, in the middle of of Camden, so um, and was this quite music heavy? The yeah, it was sort of, music um, you know, that Brit pop scene had just happened. There was sort of, you know, kind of cool Britannia was going on. Labour just got in. It's totally different sort of change in the nineties. You know, mm-hmm. amazing time to be in town. A few years of that, suddenly realising that you need to travel and experience the world, and so on. So I ended up in the kitchen and um, started learning how to cook, and so I could travel with food, mm-hmm. which I did. I went to Australia for a year, came back, started cooking re- in restaurants in London. Still love the hospitality side of things, and then managed to get to Brighton, you know, and found a little opening on the beach and thought. You know, it was closed. There was a sort of um, a notice on the door saying, "Any interested people, please um, email the council." Put in a, um, you know, it's a little business plan, an idea of what I want to do, and lo and behold, the council said, "There you go. Here's the keys," and off we went. Nice. And that's how we got into Ryan. And then from there, now three sites. Three sites, but um, yeah, so Rill and Fins opened in 2006. Yeah. So just a little bit before the Chili Pickle. I remember remember the Chili Pickle opening up yeah. in Meeting House Lane. That was a a great find. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah, ever since then, been you know been going up pretty well in Brighton. And then with the third site uh, at Shelter Hall, because obviously everyone in Brighton had been waiting for Shelter Hall to open forever. It was mm. just like, when is this ever going to happen? Yeah. What was the sort of journey there to get in that? Because that felt like a bit of a moment when you finally got the keys for that. So, you know, the um, obviously been on the beach for quite a long time now with the council, and the council approached us and said, would you be like to, um, you know, have a look at this site? And you know, Brighton Council sort of long time in the planning of these um, sort of projects and also a long time for the execution, you know. So 
wasn't it? I don't think they had a, a complete understanding of what they were actually building until yeah, yeah. they built it. And, um, you know, so five years of discussions and talk and, you know, COVID and delays that we finally got the keys sort of two and a half years ago. So it's been quite a journey. And it's gone good? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's... Um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an iconic beaches, and you know, it's it's a beach that's closest to London. You know, it's got all sorts going on, and we're very fortunate to have the site right bang in the middle of it now. Nice, yeah. So, what's so special about Brighton? So, we're having a wee Brighton special. I mean, I haven't heard many people not rave about it. What that's is why it? People stay here. I yeah. mean, so many people come to Brighton as a student and never leave. I think mm. that's, um, it's really eclectic. And artistic and open-minded and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still got a little bit of the calm compared to London, I think. Yeah. But it, it's got a real London vibe to it. And it's quirky, you know, so I think it allows a lot of the indie restaurants to succeed. Mm. Because there's space for it and people really love it. Brightonians love indies. And it's a really special place. It's got a, it's a, it's got a really good, strong, positive energy. Yeah, I, I think it seems to be like a real people's republic of brighton and it's always quite funny when you know we are having quite a lot of chains coming down and not least permit rooms opening by the shoom and and things like that do you have a view on you know chains coming down to brighton is there enough room for everyone the botanist has allegedly gone into where top shop was just all these kind of things what 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 do you see i think you know especially brighton is a unique place you know and it is feels very different to anywhere else really in the uk or and it has some you know images of sort of you know people obviously talk about san francisco a little bit and the idea and the the, the sort of attitude there is watered down a little bit here i think you know some of the chains work some of them don't you know they they come in you know and i think a lot of people make the mistake that it is a mini london and it's easy to open here and everyone's going to flock in and we've seen success and we've, you know, and also failure in that market, you know. Um, there is a lot of people, so the, the chains are going to tend to do pretty well with just a matter of footfall that's going on. But whether they're truly loved by Brightonians is probably debatable. You know? Yeah. Well, I think one of the ones that seems to have done well is Pizza Pilgrims. Yeah. They seem to have really, um, you know, embedded themselves really well, you know. I think they've got a strong story, though. Yeah. I think, you know, James and Tom have definitely still show they're very involved so even though I don't, I don't think people always realize how many pizza pilgrims there are the same as giggling squid i think they've done really well with that kind of it's, it's like nearly 50. yeah mm. and you wouldn't necessarily it. know I th- so i think i and also it's fun it's a good place but also i think it's the perfect place for the current climate i think the price yeah. point is on is there and uh you know it's, it's you have a nice experience there and you kind of know what you're getting yeah what about you, James? What's so special about the posh bit? The posh bit? The posh, <laughs> bit. The posh bit? Well, that kind of links in quite nicely to the... Um, Past the piece statue. ...stuff, because I think it is, it's forcing, certainly in our case, it forced the independence out a little bit, and certainly you guys would agree, ten, five years ago even, the quality outside of the centre of Brighton wasn't particularly strong. Certainly where I worked at the Ginger Pig was was kind of like a mile to the next nearest decent thing and it was telling people to get in a taxi and go into town. Um, So it's, it's, yeah, it's it's building out nicely. It seems to be fleshing out the city as a whole and looking the other way over at um, at Kemp Town and things over there now, that seems to get 
gradually, gradually stronger. I used to live over that side of town and it was always such a shame that it wasn't enough on your doorstep, but it seems to be getting there. And I think that's thanks to the um, the bigger brands and the chains coming into the, the centre and it, it does kind of push things out a bit. And, and I, think it, I think it's good for the city as a whole, um, how good that is for the city centre and being an independent when there's so much stuff on your doorstep, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think there's plenty of room for it. Yeah, it does seem to, because I get asked quite a lot, and I'm always stuck, you know, when yeah. someone says, where should I put my site? And it's like, well, there are obvious places for chains, there are more obvious places for indies, but it's not always as, as clean cut as that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then things like Western Road past Churchill Square, it's a bit of a weird sort of dead zone. Yeah. as well although there are loads of restaurants and, and things like that mm. um and then you see like fledgling businesses like carney and, and hove you know trying to kind of mm. curry favor and get yeah. people into like launch nights and mm. you know we went to that it was fabulous the sort of years party after a year sort of thing but yeah. it was it was great you know but again you're just thinking how's that going to do on a tuesday lunchtime or you know it's, it's really difficult um around that area so, I mean, how are you finding trading? Like, what what's the patterns? What are you seeing at the moment? Oh, if I knew the patterns, I think I'd be all right. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then that's part of the, I mean, I mean, I'm sure for Rob, that the patterns are very dependent on weather as well. So that, yeah, that's a bit, a bit of a, I, I, for us, I think we've definitely felt a drop in lunch trade. Mm-hmm. And I think where people's pockets maybe aren't quite so deep, it's hitting more of the lunch and the midweek market for yeah. us, I think. Um, it's, it's, it's tricky, the patterns. I mean, payday, you always know you're going to be a bit busier. Yeah. You know, weather, you know, I call it chili pickle weather. Yeah. It's quite dreary. I think, okay, good. I'm yeah. only the only person in We Brighton fight for the light, same weather. Light, yeah. light drizzle. We, yeah. we had our best August ever, and it's because I was rain dancing yeah. every morning. Was, uh, yeah, <laughs> the previous summer was. Can you close terrible. the curtains the next time you're doing yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think for us is that, um, you know, we're definitely seeing, you know, more of that celebration we sort of experience now mm. that people are, I think, you know, maybe not going out quite as frequently as they were or that spur of the moment, let's just go out for lunch or yeah. let's go out for dinner. But they're still coming out to celebrate the party, yeah. celebrate, you know, something. And I think there's a little bit of fatigue after a while as well. If you haven't been out for a few weeks, then, you know, it's sort of um, people are out. So I think what we also noticed is we have had a really big couple of weekends and the weather's been great then everyone's been out, you know, especially the, the weather we've just had a couple of weeks ago. It felt like the last of the summer. Summer hadn't been particularly, you know, sort of robust. Everyone came out and then people then stopped going out the week after, you know, yeah. it sort of slowed down a little bit, you know, so it's not it's, quite yeah. the same as it was. So it's classic know? waves, isn't it? We've had a week last week where, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, you're clutching at tables and hoping for the best and then Friday night yeah. comes along and you're, you're turning away 20, 30 covers mm. and you're just yeah. begging people to come out the yeah. night yeah. before or whatever and yeah. and then as you just mentioned as well, it's so special occasion heavy and we try to position ourselves not as a special occasion venue but do know full well that you know in general, particularly our restaurant is, is quite a lot of money but it's really high pressure at the moment, there's so many special occasions and yeah. under that added microscope of trying to perform and doing that against uh, yeah, the, the the flux in in covers and the lack mm. of consistency is is um is, yeah. is pretty brutal. But and it's such all a part sweet, of fun. Yeah. it's such a treat to go out there, isn't it? It you is. Know? Yeah, and, and yeah, I think we lost a little bit of that before COVID. You know, people mm. be so sort of blasé about oh, I'm just going out, I'm just going out. You know, and and the demands yeah. sometimes seem to me that their expectations was off the chart. Yeah, yeah. 
it's such a treat, isn't it, to yeah. go out and someone's cooking for you and you know, and not mm. have to, you know. So I, I still think that the the business is there, but it's just got to sort of pay a little bit more attention to when the people are coming in to go exactly why you're here, you know, making sure yeah. that they feel that you know you get that and and you know give them the best time you can. Yeah. I think that's why the indies are good in Brighton, especially. Yeah. Because you know, I think people still want to dine out. It's part of our culture now. Things have changed. It's a you know the the eating out that my kids experienced compared to what I had when right. I was a kid. You know, it was special occasions only, and then that was the harvester or what. You yeah, know. yeah, Burger King. You know, so yeah, yeah. I think you know the the we're spoiled now for choice and it's definitely part of our culture mm. and our social just how people socialize now is quite different um so yeah i, I think it's it's definitely still there I, I think the the indies allow it feeling more personal i think people are still willing to spend money as long as when they leave they feel that it was money well spent i think there's nothing worse than handing over 100 pounds and you feel shortchanged compared to 100 pounds and go wow that was worth every penny yeah, yeah. and that's where the indies can have that point of difference especially because we really care about whether people come back and mm. so it does have that point of difference and you guys are there we all have a presence and even when we're not there People know we're around, and yeah, yeah. so it's it's um, there, there is like Rob said, there's definitely people still there that want to eat out. Well, I think with the three of you, especially, the great thing about what you do is it isn't something you would do at home. Yeah. So not only is it, and we talked about this a lot, yeah. Rob, you know, way back, and not only it's someone's cooking for you, looking after you, and all the rest of it, like it's just stuff you probably wouldn't have the skills or the ingredients or the patience or the pans or what whatever it is to do which is you know a, a massive usp against you know i think what i really worry about is the people that are right in the middle so almost the kind of gastropub style thing that you could kind of do at home italian a lot of it as well you know you absolutely mm -hmm. could you know potentially do that at home some of it um so yeah it's really difficult and then obviously you've got cannibalization from Deliveroo and at home kits and all that. Did you, you guys did at home kits? You guys did more at home kits. We still uh, kept going with the delivery thing because we had that already going. So yeah. we, we did a couple, but they were a hell of a lot of work for mm. not massive returns. So <laughs> yeah. for us, it was, yeah, the takeaway was our saving grace yeah. during COVID for sure. And is that still continuing? You're still yeah. seeing it working well in delivery? Well, I mean, we've been doing takeaway for a long time. So we used to do takeaway before delivery came to Brighton. Uh -huh. We used to have our own logoed cars and we had our own website where people could pre-order. And um, then when delivery came in, it cut out a lot of the drama that we had with having our own <laughs> drivers. Um, so, yeah, it's part of our, it's, it's a quite a fair, chunky part of our um, revenue. Yeah. Well, just yeah. on delivery drivers, I mean, even Domino's at the moment can't get delivery drivers. No. For that, so you're thinking, that's the only thing you do, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, who picks up a Domino's? Like, no one. Yeah. So it's just like, God, it's so difficult. So delivery really have got that end of the market. But it just depends how the stuff turns up as well, isn't it? You know, um, I got a pizza the other night as if a boy had crashed. <laughs> you know? Well, probably <laughs> you, were on, you were on TV, you were in a TV show with that, didn't you? And watched your, your takeaway kitchen. Alan did a... We did Britain's best takeaway. takeaway. Oh, yeah. right. yeah. yeah. And watching that, it was a whole different... <laughs> oh. He was definite, definite at one point, oh, wasn't man, he, about I something? I didn't watch it. I, I was there. <laughs> I remember the dramas. It was... Um, but it's like oh, a whole a separate world, though, to the normal restaurant, wasn't it? It was. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it is for us. We've got a production kitchen, so we do it 
separately. We don't run it side by side in the restaurant. That's quite tricky. Mm. Um, it's so difficult. When we had the drivers ourselves, that meant we had people on the books. And if one person didn't turn up, then you wouldn't have anyone. You know, now it's different. They're they're all on their own contracts and they're yeah, yeah. basically classed as being self-employed. And that's pretty much why you have the dramas. But mm. they get paid per delivery. So they try and you know, they always stack orders. So it's rare that you'll get one order go mm-hmm. unless it's quiet yeah so and then i'm sure you've all been there on your phone watching your driver wondering why they're going these crazy routes to your house that don't mm. make sense um and then it is it's, it's tricky you know you, you kind of you can report but you don't always know how i mean did you tell anyone how it arrived or just go you know put it on insta yeah but, you know i'm not gonna i'm not a grass <laughs> I've kept that Scottish sort of working class. I'm not a grass. Yeah. And then also, I might get the guy again. He'll spit in my, you know, flag. Uh, you're just a number, my friend. They oh, won't know who you are. They yeah. don't care. <laughs> I tip them. Um, but but now delivery, we've got the premium delivery, so you can pay two forty nine for them to come to you first. Sort of like EasyJet, speedy boarding. I think it's interesting that customers don't always understand Mm. the um, commission that we pay. So we pay commission, then there's the surcharge Mm. and the delivery charge. So the surcharge goes to delivery as well. You know, you've got your packaging to pay for, you've got your staff in, you've got your food, then you've got the commission. It's actually really difficult to make money doing delivery. So it's a fair whack per delivery that, but they're a business, they've got to make money. We've got a dish on Saturday night and uh, what was it quite nice was they mm. chucked in a wee tea towel for free. Oh, nice. I thought that was a nice touch. What yeah. a delivery. Yeah. Uh, really good quality yeah. as well. Really yeah, nice. Yeah. Like, but they look, they're sort of kind of thing you want to frame. Like <laughs> <laughs> Just sit with a sharpie. Yeah, really <laughs> pickle. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't pack this one. Ten for a pound, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then trading patterns as well then. So are you seeing people trading to the weekends and is lunch just a bloodbath? Because, you know, I've been working on some projects in Brighton, you know, one with Tuto at the moment, where we've been doing a £10 lunch, you know, and it's all, you know, sort of worked out so that it's not, but then the the difficulty is that you don't want to erode the, the greater brand and, you know, and all these, but basically it was, you know, a square of Al Forno, a focaccia and a San Pellegrino for a tenner. Um, you know, it seems to be going down quite well, but it is, it's just, it's really tough. But then I saw someone on Twitter the other day um, and they said it was £7.51 or something for a Pret sandwich. But it's the perceived value, isn't it? You, know, you, you, you go into Pret and you think, oh, you know, £7.50 yeah, yeah. or 5 is not that much. You know, going into a restaurant, maybe it's £10 sometimes yeah, can be yeah. a little bit too cheap. You think, what am I going to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be about... Almost you don't trust you know, it. Yeah, yeah. the time for, you know... It's the time, uh, isn't it, as well? Yeah. You know, if I am going to go in, maybe I want to spend £20. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of, it's that. We, we try to... The, um, little rip-off of the Gramercy Tavern soup sandwich thing last autumn, about a year ago. And I think we stuck it on for about 15 quid. Oh, that's all right. And then it's not till you kind of look at it and you go, fucking hell, soup and a sandwich, it's still 15 yeah, quid. And yeah. it obviously was more than a sandwich and whatever, and you're in a restaurant and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it was still like, like you said, the £10 thing there where you get a drink with it and whatever else as well. Like, I mean, how low do you have to go to make that? happen and then after a certain point it's it's just it's yeah. actually costing you, you it's know. tricky isn't it because of, yeah. of the message that you're trying to give and i think when you see those places where someone's standing outside with the platter of cut up pieces of a dish mm. 
you kind of don't go because yeah, it almost yeah, it, yeah. it's too it's asking a little bit too much for mm. the support and so it's it is it's a double-edged sword because you want to entice the consumer mm. and you want them to give you a shot and go actually this is really great next time i come i'm going to go for a different menu and spend like, 30 quid yeah. um but it, it is it's hard to give that positive voice i mean when we started i remember doing tarly in a pint for a tenner and we were packed. Yeah. We, do you remember Tarly Mondays? Yeah, I was just going to mention it. Is it not still going? No. Oh, man, your, your Tarly Mondays are legendary. Yeah, but yeah. we never made any money. Aye. We never made a penny on those days, but we worked really hard. And the problem is, it didn't mean that anyone came the rest of the week. They held out for Mondays. Right. Um, that was one of the few things, good things that came out of COVID was we could write a lot of wrongs. We, yeah, we, that's we were doing our sausage we, deal on a Monday that we yeah. thought, oh, we've got to do this forever now. And we've got like yeah. the same yeah. three blokes coming to see us separately on a, <laughs> on a Monday evening. And you're hanging in there like, oh, don't don't lose that one. And the first thing to go was like, right, stuff Tarly, that doesn't Tarly work. Monday was a little bit like, do you remember when they did the help out to eat out? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. That was us every Monday. Yeah. It's kind of, it wasn't necessarily our customers that came the rest of the time. Um, You'd still have people share a tally and have a glass of water. Um, You know. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, because it's so hard, Mark. Because for me to stand there and say to someone, you can't do that and have a standoff, you kind of choke it because you don't want to spoil the rest of the diner's experience. It's quite a tricky one. Um, And I think we started doing it to try and bring people in. Um, and then it did, it kind of became this thing that we couldn't let it go because we were too terrified of what the backlash would be from stopping it. Yeah. Um, and we did love it. I mean, it was so amazing to have the restaurant full and buzzing, but then for all the team to work that hard and kind of go, oh, God, it's Tarly Monday and have to gear themselves up, yeah. you know, and almost like, you know, psych themselves up for it and eat a Mars bar beforehand. And then you look at the numbers and at the bottom line and you go, we didn't make a penny. Yeah. Well, it, it is, it, are we better off being quiet yeah. but make money on who comes I don't know it's really hard because you know as you're saying are you busy fools or not but I guess the mm. marketer in me the hope is always that you would then get yeah, the payoff later absolutely. but it doesn't always help but the first time I heard of it Scott from Meat Liquor posted it mm. and, he, and he was like couldn't finish you know couldn't finish this blah blah blah, blah. and that was when the first time I'd, I'd ever heard about it but you just how great it looked as well you know yeah. it's so kind of photogenic and are you, you doing some like value mm. menu things yeah it was since the start of the year we did it at the 25 quid set menu which is just going back to we tried lots of like i just mentioned the soup sandwich thing we did a pie thing another month last year and it's kind of just sums up where we are at the moment trying to fill those extra midweek seats and things and then at the start of the year we the the dinner menu was a was a set menu two or three courses which we felt was the price point was pushing closer and closer to the um, sort of tasting menu prices in town, even though there was still probably 40 quid in it. You're still Im- immediately part of the same conversation, like 40 quid's mm-hmm. nothing. Um, <laughs> there we go. So we went back to a la carte on that and then reintroduced uh, a kind of traditional uh, two or three course set menu. Mm-hmm. And that's been that's been big and it represents about two thirds of our covers throughout the week. It's, it's, done, it's done really well. We tried to keep the quality high. You touched on before about trying to do something that people can't do at home and there's always the challenge in that because it's just it's so easy to go like oh it's ragu and polenta or this that and the other and and, and trying to find a little twist on it that makes it kind of special and still worth going for um and it's been it's been successful we changed the change it entirely every week which is which is good fun um but it's yeah definitely been one to kind of get us through 
guests through this year and, and Phil throughout the week. And it's available every service apart from Saturday night. So it's even on Fridays where really? we were nice. really panicking about that. Uh, about the spring where we could see the way the year was going and then there was like two or three Fridays in a row we were doing 40 guests rather than the usual sort of 60, 70. Yeah. So we're just going to have to smash it in there and then you toy with the idea of doing it as an early bird thing and then that is a little bit like the do you tell people they can't do X, Y and Z so mm. you just thought fuck it we'll just do the whole night and go for it and um, and it, it brings people in and it's so it's really interesting we're taking it we're probably doing more covers a week than we've ever done and the, the money is the same as it was yeah. last year or, or you know or, 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 yeah, the same's generous yeah. <laughs> and Rob you don't seem to do many you don't see many kind of price tags or anything like that from you go campaigns things like that yeah, what, we, I mean, what, what are you doing a, we've always had a pre-theater menu um pretty much since day one which we've had sort of um, monday to friday lunch you know um it's gone up a little bit in price over the years but it's still under 20 pounds it's two courses mm -hmm. it's um it's it's been there because we used to get quite a lot of pre-theatres, you know. Mm. We have the theatre world just across the road, and you, you suddenly have a big influx of people wanting to come in quickly, eat something, and then back out to go to the theatre. Um, it was great timing as well for us. It was usually just before dinner, and but we kind of roll that into starts at twelve, changes every day till seven thirty. Um, mm. That's when the theatre comes on. Um, We've always sort of tried to sort of have a, an idea that the menu we have is approachable and it's not just sort of expensive, you know, the, the sort of preconception that seafood can be very expensive and people just look at the lobster and look at the turbots and go, wow, it's expensive, you know, but to have an approachable menu that can be, you know, some a seafood risotto or, a, you know, some sort of fish soup and, yeah, yeah. and to have something that, that everyone can enjoy. Um, it's worked really well for us. I mean, over the years, we've managed to sort of get a few fans that will come in for the pre-theatre and then hopefully see some of a glass of champagne or a, yeah, yeah. you know a couple of oysters on the sides and you know it's it, it goes well i think you, i think you've got to try and be broad you know mm. you've got to try and be able to be approachable and uh you know allow of all budgets to come in and, and enjoy a, a day out you know and what are you doing market wise though you know to to sort of get this message across are you yeah. is it yeah. social is it is, is it word of know, mouth is it what's a bit of word of mouth you know yeah, yeah. we're pretty fortunate that we have been in town in you know especially in our lanes operation which is a you know it's a good footfall over that little lane that people walk past you know it's the, the beginning of meeting house lane it's a head turner isn't um, it it's the old pistol kids it, yeah it? exactly oh, and it's, smell it? it's pretty small really yeah. you know it's um just over 40 seats but it doesn't take a great deal of people in there to make a bit of an atmosphere you know yeah. we're all on the sort of high tables we're all at the same eye level as waiters it just has a bit of a, a different sort of vibe than mm. quite a lot of other little restaurants you know which sort of sets us apart a little bit yeah you know so. and then is it a lot of the time you're bouncing people down to the bigger venue if they can't get yeah, in there yeah we have that's the, the beauty at the moment we, we we do take reservations in the in the rotunda so you can book and you can get your spot but in the lanes it's a it's a walk-in Basis, you know, which is the excitement of will I want her? Yeah. It's a bit like, oh, am I going we'll to always get you in? Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that? You heard that here? It's on tape. So that works quite well. And you know, obviously, it's a you know, we have a side by seating, side by side seating thing because it's basically like a bar. You know, some people get that, some people don't. So it just mm. changes the atmosphere a bit. So it, you know, we hope that people come and just feel they're having a slightly different experience than other sort of venues. And how are you handling that in terms of marketing? Done like you know. Is there a market manager? Are you doing it? What's going on? And and also your social media heavy. 
I think, and very good at it, by the way. Um, and it really cuts through, and you know, you put a lot of effort into it. It's always mm. some cool T-shirt that's going on. <laughs> um, but you know, what are you sort of seeing there? What's what's actually working for you in terms I of? I mean, we, we've been down the road with that whole PR marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've found it quite tough, quite a few times. I think to get the right person to have the your voice yeah. is quite tricky. Um, as much as you try and brief someone they're still going to have their own voice and maybe their own objectives. That's not quite what, you know. And so we've had marketing companies, PR companies, and we've had someone Mm -hmm. in-house. So it's pretty much at the moment, it's pretty much me and Alan. And then we use Rourke uh, from Told Media. He's just kind of, so so Rourke's always been a food photographer and he started out himself. So he um, helps us with the socials and as in the editing bringing some reels together. The bits that we've done, I mean, especially during COVID, making those cooking at home videos. Yeah. Like I'd pull my hair out trying to edit it oh, and bring it back though. together. Oh, yeah, but it took yeah. me ages. <laughs> um, and the house looks fabulous, by the oh, way. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's an enviable kitchen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so I think it's definitely better where we're much more involved um, because then it's our voice. And we just want it to be fun and lighthearted and our food is colourful, the restaurant's colourful. So well, a natural continuation to the restaurant, isn't it? Yeah. So it's really yeah, it's you and Alan and, yeah, <laughs> and everything so. that you that you see. No, it really doesn't work it's, to me. It's anyway. tricky to find content. I think that's the bit we always find the hardest. You know, there's only so many how many pictures of Tarleys is too many yeah, and yeah. trying to understand what what to post next because of what we've done previously. Mm. And I think sometimes we do overthink it and probably should just be yeah. a little bit more don't mm. you know. Yeah. I know it's another picture of a tally, but people love it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's it's really important, and we love it that we we started out when social media didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. So, to what, see, no, no pre Facebook. Yeah, I think I, it was pre yeah. two thousand and eight. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, if it, what Facebook was kind uh, yeah. of just to catch up with people you used to go to school baby. with. It wasn't, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, you weren't really using it as a, a marketing. What do they look like now? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Are they single? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Divorce. Oh, I knew dear. you'd fail. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, Chardon Ford comes in. That's the only reason you look at Facebook. Isn't it? Uh, it's just when you see a fat bully. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no, but I mean, it's definitely important. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a necessary evil sometimes we find, you know, but. But other things, you, you got email marketing going on, there's yeah. a flyers going on, yeah, just kind of. Flyers, not so much. I mean, we did pub in the parks, we did some flyers for that. So if you're doing something good. specific, then yeah. I think that's quite good. We've just taken on Airship and Toggle. So we're okay. just finishing setting that up. So it'd be really interesting to see how that goes. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I think I don't know what they are. So Airship is much more pushed on the. You guys are good at it anyway, but of email. Right. marketing and we mm. we don't send out newsletters or emails um we're just pretty much insta that's my release on the is it yeah but right yeah. what writing an email right writing the, right the newsletter yeah, yeah 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 we get about two and a half thousand monthly reviews and always get really you do it when you need it the most as well like oh it's been a really tough week you know, we've yeah. got this great menu next week, and then and then it and it, well, and it really works. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always That's a good. there's always a footnote. Feel a bit sad today. <laughs> You're tiring. <dying. laughs> Taking the whole personal my approach. My only friend out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But oh, yeah, yes. that's our biggest uh, <laughs> weapon, that one. So, so yeah. But that's another sign of the indie thing, right? So if, you know, if Rob was out there emailing all his customers on a personal level, that would feel so special. And if Phenomenal. you're getting that response, Phenomenal. Yeah. it just shows you Brightonians love the independence and love feeling part of it. And, and that's one thing that we've noticed on our socials. There's a, an awful lot of activity when we post mm. and it's it's our actual customers and they're mm. really interested in what we're doing. And the posts that do the best are the ones that Alan's in or I'm in yeah. because I think people find mm. it more interesting. So mm. your honesty on that newsletter is allowing yeah. people to be part of it. Yeah. I'm going to pay more attention to you. Like, I'll, start, like, <laughs> I'll give you the catalogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, window into my soul. <laughs> but just on that point, you're absolutely right. So there's a couple of things. One, I worked at lastminute.com years ago, and the very first newsletter they ever sent was just an, a letter from Martha in courier text. And it was like one, still one of the most successful emails I've ever But Raz did it for, uh, so Raz that runs Black Rock Restaurants, who's going to be on another episode, um, when Burnt Orange opened. And he wrote out this personal email saying, if you're like me um, and your raving days are over and you just want to find a place that's, you know, good food and, uh, what was it? Good food, chairs that are comfortable and great music you can talk over. This is what we're opening. This kind of adult hangout was the original thing. And it just, you know, and he got loads of flack. People saying, what have you done? This is just far too personal and it's not our newsletter. And and then once we saw the figures, it was like, wow, just absolutely off the chart. People negatively to him being... Friends and family within oh, his network wow. came back and were like... What are you I doing? thought you, you know? meant those people saying, yeah. we know you still write. No, Don't so... <laughs> oh, there is that. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, he's just back from Ibiza. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so in terms of that, though, I think that personal touch thing, I would... It's yeah, definitely a thing sure. to lean on, isn't it? And then and down here. Mm. And the way all the pubs run, the hole in the wall, mm. and you know, yeah. all, all these things. Mm-hmm. Hi, here's a quick message for all hospitality operators who want to reward, recognise and retain their brilliant teams. I want to introduce you to my new friends at Grateful. Grateful is a revolutionary cashless tipping and trunk platform disrupting tipping all across hospitality. Grateful's mission is to help create a more grateful world for hospitality teams by building the best tipping platform out there that is truly built around your business, as Grateful understands just how unique your business and team are. So, if you're a restaurant, hotel, bar or cafe, and no matter if you're a national chain or just a single site, Grateful simplifies Trunk for you by using their tech know-how to provide 100% transparency for your teams. Grateful streamlines your operational overheads through API integrations into your EPOS, Rota, Payroll and more that takes the headache of handling tipping away for you and your teams. Grateful are a fast-growing, ambitious team that are fanatical about customer service and are always striving to do the right thing for you. With the new legislation just around the corner, it would be worth chatting to Mason and the team at Grateful to see how you can modernise your tipping for a happier team and a happier business. To find out more, please visit Grateful.com. That's G-R-T-F-L dot com. That's G-R-T-F-L dot com now.
creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. And then I was thinking about um, just social media in general. So where are you playing? So obviously Instagram, are you TikToking? As yet, no. have you drawn a big line, the big dirty line? I haven't drawn a line, I haven't got round to it either. Everyone keeps talking about it, and certainly we've, we've only just started doing a lot more video stuff. They're um, good, by the way, the, the wines and the reviews and all that. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah, we just started, no one's ever comfortable doing it. It's one of them where it just mm. kind of started, and we've just had a head chef take over that is up for getting in front of the camera every week and um, going to start doing bits with the with the wine as well. So I'm told that that will do quite well on there, but yeah, yeah, to dig into it. Twitter's mm. still big, or X, should I say, for um, for us with the wine community uh, in terms of getting us on that type of radar. Yeah. Um, that's but very again, conversational. Yeah, Because yeah. you know it's you. You mm. know, I yeah. think that works so well. You know, Hawksmoor it works for, Dave Strauss it works for, you know. Mm. And I think the people that have stuck to it and you just know it's not this market and robot company is your... Yeah, you've got to weigh into a debate to get stuff, yeah. but then once you do, it does, yeah, that does quite well. Not necessarily bums on seats, but it does it. But you know, it's like, it's like, have you tried our sweetbreads? <laughs> you know, mm. it's, just, it's, like, it's like a desperate 14 year old. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it's rubbish. I've been told not to do TikTok by my teenage son, so I don't know whether I'm deemed too old to do it. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, it's just lots and lots of niche audiences and yeah. the organic reach is still there. That's the thing. So when you're on Insta now, you know, fewer than 10% of people are going to see what you're posting, which is quite disheartening, really. Um, but LinkedIn and TikTok are the ones that still have got that fantastic yeah, organic it. reach. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over it. I'm an absolute either. slag on it. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Total <laughs> <laughs> like so many things to keep on top of. Oh yeah, I and think that's the bit I struggle with. Well, and just and emails as well. So yeah. all of those different. That's a, maybe that's why I only really. But like you touched on as well, I'd love to offload that to someone else. I do appreciate how important it is, but we've done it once or twice as well. And once you lose that voice and that personal touch, you just like it's. It can be worse. I know that's about yeah. control. I think. Yeah. And I mean, you? I don't really get involved in it. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I, so I, I dip my toe in. in who I, does it know, in the company? So, so Victoria does this. You ah. know, um, who's my wife? Who works in the business and um, does our sort of social media, does the newsletters, a bit of strategy. I get involved in um, the sort of monthly. Uh, is it going well? Is it not going well? Have we achieved what we were trying to achieve? It's difficult for me. You know, I'm not a big social media user myself yeah. personally. You know, so. Great deal of interest in but it. But Victoria's the voice as well, right? Yeah. She knows so, the business, she knows exactly, you guys, you and know. she's part um, of it. But I understand the importance of it, and you know that you know what why TikTok might be relevant for a certain you know demographic, and why you know Instagram is is mm. better for for others. It, it's it's you know it's a part of business, isn't it? You've got to you've got to keep on um, adapting and growing with it, and you know. Exactly. That's not my skill set. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, but I think that's all right, isn't it? To yeah. say. 
that's yeah. not me and, yeah. and, and it's for someone marry someone that it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is all a bit convenient Rob um, but in terms of and I don't want you all to go into the fetal position and start rocking but in terms of the challenges out there at the moment especially for indies what's going on so staff energy all that stuff food costs etc what's the picture looking like all of those things yeah you know you've, you've got to look at positives i think you know the, the staffing sort of situation was um was impacted wasn't it by covid and coming back mm. and then that sort of mm. demand that we were suddenly faced with was you know kind of insane really obviously people have been locked away for a bit everybody came out it was difficult that people were out of practice suddenly you know it was a bit of a pretty hellish sort of couple of months even though we'd all been looking forward to getting back to normal yeah. you know um and then impacted by a lack of people around because of brexit and you know what brighton is lucky you know over the years has had a you know a lot of um you know from students and people that would come and work and go back and you know it was it was working pretty well i thought um so you're now with a with a reduced sort of workforce that you've got to be making sure that what you're offering them as a workplace and, and what sort of environment and and how we're training and how mm. we're looking at people in some ways is, is is a good step forward you know it's it's sort of it's progression it's even though that's a difficult you know sort of lesson to learn at times when you're sort of running the business there are there's still positives you know there are some great young kids that are coming through you know which i'm really pleased about and people looking at it as a more of a career now than when i first started it would be service really you know um it was okay why university it was never going to be a, a long-term career that's definitely shifting it's it's it's, it's adapting isn't it too and keeping trying to adapt with it is, is how you keep Absolutely. going you know and you're in a pricey business with fish how's that all going yeah. at the moment um, or is it is it starting to level out like level up or? i think it's difficult for you know for especially the consumer they don't quite get the you know the this cost that you have like you know wages have gone up you know everything in food inflation has gone up as we're all aware of but all our food's gone up or all our energy prices have gone up so there's a constant battle now to try and make sure that you are a viable and you can continue and you're also then having to look at it really closely the sort of productivity the lines of you know your purchasing it just makes you run the business tighter you know mm. which in some ways is a good thing you know you you can you can cut energy you can cut some of the wastage i think there was a you know it's quite a simplistic way of doing things before covid where you just tie things by four there's gonna be loads of people coming in it's all right isn't it yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and now that that actually doesn't work you know you've got to really drill in and you've got to make sure that everything's accountable you know which yeah. in some ways is good you know i think covid gave us all some time to reassess the business as a whole yeah i mean obviously not preparing ourselves for what was to come after that mm. um so let's trust well <laughs> man oh. there's, there's lots of different things really isn't there that's that's having an impact um you know it's difficult because the 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 obvious ones are there plus we're all now paying back the debt we took on for covid that's an overhead that we didn't yeah. have before you know people paying back some of those loans that they took um and definitely the the labor market is much more uh competitive um are you seeing it getting softer though is it getting a wee bit easier it's getting it's getting I'm, I, it's definitely getting easier i think i think it was a layer cake with when covid happened a lot of people went home and then didn't come back a lot of people reassessed their careers so people left the industry as a whole and now they're starting to come back again because they've realized actually 
Monday to Friday, nine to five isn't for them. Um, So, but they needed that time out. I think there's lots of different things, but like Rob said, there's an awful lot of positives that have come out of it. And I think the industry as a whole needed to be looked at as an employer. We, you know, those old school days were going or pretty much gone anyway but i think the there's a lot more focus on people's mental health now and understanding about it and that's really important in this sort of industry especially because it is one of those industries where it is quite work heavy so your community tends to be the people that you work with as well so you've got to make sure that that community is a healthy one for sure so i think there's um, there's definitely positive aspects that are coming out of all of it and yeah, you have to reassess your business. You know, we use lots of app like apps. We use Jelly now, for example, that helps us with all our costings and stuff, and okay. it makes it a little bit more visible for the team and putting that responsibility on your chefs as well, not just you know trying to not be the ogre that walks in and has a meeting with the managers a couple of times a week and says this isn't good enough. You know, look at the you know making people accountable so they have awareness, so they're questioning the veg supplier. Yeah. as well you know that they care about it because they've got that information if you're giving people the tools then hopefully they'll use it i think it's a generational thing as well like when i was a kid when your boss said do something it was how high do you jump and when can you yeah, go back yeah, down yeah. and yeah. now it's much more of a discussion and a collaboration and you've got to tell them the full picture of how all those things fit together and for them to understand because you'll just switch yeah. them off you know if you come in shouty shouty you know, with work, isn't it? It's got to be enjoyable. That's what yeah, I understand yeah, about, you know, yeah. sort of hospitality and the people that come into work have got to enjoy being there, you know, and, and you've got to create an environment that they want to do that. And I think you do that by, you know, investing them, you know, and making sure that you, you, know, you care and you have, you know, appreciate them and you pay them well and you give them the right hours and all of these things that should mm. be normal, really. It yeah. wasn't really like that before. No. It was how high could you jump? In, you know, in some ways, it's quite easy. Then. You know, you you either you sunk or you you know, or you swam, and you could tell if someone was going to be able to, yep. you know, you stand by them, and they'd be have your back at all the times. You know, at times it can be frustrating, can't it? That you walk around going, "Are you okay? Mm. You, yeah, you know, yeah. how's it going today?" You know, and and trying to just sort of get the mood of, you know, the workforce. But you know, it's all progress, isn't it? I think at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, I some that... of my key people, my best key people, when they first started with us were questionable uh-huh. but then where they saw you invested a bit of time and you sat with them and you know you, you gave a little bit of that element that they really care about it and they they respect you because they know that you respect them and then on a practical level it helps financially because then you've got staff retention yeah mm. you know recruitment is a real heavy drain on the business that kind of cultural reset thing i think the biggest surprise we had is that and i've heard it talked about a lot is that it was the it was the hours thing and suddenly it used to be an industry where you could chuck money at the problem and and pay people more but and mm. but the expectation yeah. was still so high and that you came out of it and it was it's now really not about that and there's a lot of catching up to do there which which is correct sometimes you think you're doing things as well as you can and certainly trying to develop myself and my other managers as better leaders throughout the day and making sure that we're looking after people the mental health um the table talk foundation for example is, mm. is one of the other, yeah, the other really things good. in the in the local in the local area that, that's really helped and getting on board with that but then still occasionally getting turned around and saying well actually i want to reduce i want to do less hours but still it's not about the money it's and and the different challenges there and i think just showing the, the correct um flexibility to, to that has been for, for retention fortunately touch wood we've, we've had a pretty good year in that in that regard um but it, yeah it's taken a lot of um 
reassessment of, uh, of, yeah. of things, you know. Yeah. It's something we're learning in this, though, aren't we? You know, there's a balance yeah, here boy. between, you know, what you've got to do to come to work, you know, and you, sometimes you do have to come into work if you're not feeling like going to work, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that is yeah. part of it, you know. But, you know, it's it's a sort of change and there's a re readdressing a few things, which I'm sure will be great, you know, but... The generational thing... Of, yeah. Kev's <laughs> missing the PlayStations. <laughs> I remember we oh, had that chat. <laughs> but the how, yeah. the how high thing's really interesting because that's the biggest battle we seem to have day-to-day -day is is, is uh, intensity and how... and coaching people to to, to manage the, the necessary intensity that you... there's so many things that you can manage with hours, pay workloads that sort of thing but when when it really comes down to it it's a really really intense job and that's mm. that's the hardest thing we, we we find at the moment that just when everything else is right was still then and that yeah like i say it's a generational one there which i which we kind of struggle with which it's not what really, we all grew up with yeah. and it's um that's that's tough i think you have to be really honest about that though, don't you Absolutely. that it is intense job and some mm. characters love that i love that as a kid mm. i was addicted to the adrenaline you know mm. that ticket machine the all night sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. you know party wind down for a few hours yeah. get back on it the next day mm. you know sort of sounds i talked to some of the kids about what i used to do when i was their age and they look at me like i was nuts <laughs> i mean no work life yeah, balance yeah. really it was work you know and I loved it. And, you yeah. know, it was what I wanted to do, you know. Yeah. But and there's still, you know, that is you know, it's right that kids do that now. But you've got to be honest that that is mm. part of the success in this industry is to be able to handle pressure, yeah. not sort of helicopter and suddenly lose the plot every time it gets busy. You know? yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It just depends um, the way that you're wired. And, and you see quite a lot of kids uh, not being disparaged with younger people um, posting their watches on online how many steps they've done that evening and it's like thirty-two thousand steps and oh, yeah. you know that so yeah. I, I mean it is hard work right and you you know better than i do mr behind a laptop you know waving his hand but you know in, in terms of that but I, I talk about it quite often but it's like if you want to you probably could earn 40 grand selling pictures of your feet yeah like yeah, yeah. on only fans you know yeah, yeah. if you want but you know there are other options and that's what we're up against as well like mm. there's far easier ways to make money if that's all that you want. I mean, I've had many of those not, conversations you know. yeah, yeah. with team with members. Alan. Yeah, with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to pay 40 grand for this for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I joke about OnlyFans all the time that I could do. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think, yeah, no, I've had many of those sit-downs with uh, team members of, you know, look, you know, there is an element of this job that I'm not going to be able to change. I need it to be busy on a Saturday night and I need it to be stressful because mm. otherwise... None of us will have a job happens. anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there is an element. So you, you still have to have that personality trait to want to work in a busy restaurant mm. to enjoy it for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that you work back to back, eighteen hour shifts or whatever, and it's not you know it's crazy. You've you've got to, and it, they just become more productive and better people for mm. the business anyway. If yeah. They're rested and you know they've got that work life balance. Mm. But yeah, you still have to have an element of that crazy to work in hospitality. I think. Yeah. Not all stress is bad. That's what I exactly. Say. Yeah. So, yeah. Some stress, yeah, is, but, yeah. you know, it's part of life, isn't it? You, you, there's times when you're going to be stressed, and it's how you deal with yeah. that. You know, there's mm. nothing better than at the end of a really tough shift that you will go. Oh, it's almost mm. a little bit like you, you know, you will bond over it. It's You've achieved some. Yeah. Well, but then I guess there's a flip side to that now as well, which you see online, which is them talking about trauma bonding. Oh yeah, <laughs> I still be like, oh man, you know, but yeah. it's uh, it's, it's, it's I just think, such I think a if fine you, line. If you 
are working in a restaurant and you come to an end of a shift that's been particularly busy and you do have tough shifts because you're dealing with the general public and you're having to think on your feet. There's lots of different elements of, of working a shift in a restaurant. But if you come out at the end and it's traumatic, then you might want to consider whether you've made the right career choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without, you know, yeah. because that you still have to have... You need all those things in place to, to care for everybody, absolutely. But also, it's it's there are going to be busy Saturday nights. It's got to be busy. Yeah, it's almost like a winning team mentality, though, isn't yeah. it? It's like you've yeah. won the cup that Saturday night or whatever it is, you know, yeah. and it's hopefully it's on that side be, of the street yeah. than the, you know. I think it's not speaking about dramatic. it as well, though, I think it's like, like a relationship. You've got to talk about it before you go to mm. bed and not let things pass. And I think mm. sometimes it's too easy to, you know, regardless of whether it's happened in the kitchen or the front of the house or a combination of both or whatever it is that we try and make sure that you have those conversations if it's traumatic yeah. <laughs> per se, yeah. that you you establish why and, and make sure you kind of get that stuff exactly. i used to be really bad at that stuff you were just kind of like now now's not the time because emotions might be too high or whatever and now we try and make sure that okay, those conversations happen yeah, there and then so that you're coming back in fresh the next day and um, yeah. but the, you know the pressure of services that we all have to put on ourselves as well to make sure that it's good mm. Mm. we can't just go into it just mm. being like it's all going to be smooth mm. everything's going to be perfect you know you've got to have passion and care that what you put on that plate it's is the biggest great red flag time. is that attitude yeah. that everything will be smooth you know be nervous yeah. Full service. Yeah. You know, yeah. We sort of have a bit of adrenaline shot, and you know, we want mm. to be able to get the end of the service with team and, and be, you yeah, know, yeah. high fiving. Yeah. So, boiling point is coming back on. Yeah, I've not watched that on either. Sunday night. <laughs> I've managed to watch the bear, but that's it. Well, I wonder, how, yeah, if, if you had seen has anyone seen Boiling Point? Well, yeah. Did you watch it? Long time ago. Oh, oh no, they've gone Ramsey one. So, there's a screen what well, was a Steve tv Brown, movie yeah Brown? so that was 2021 yeah. and there's now and basically it's a one take stressful service oh yeah that you know so basically they, they just film it on like one camera like all the way yeah. through it's like amazing how they mm. do it um but yeah i just wondered if that resonated with the if you've not even no the episode yeah. seven of the bear on the first series you know yes. when the ticket was ticket yeah. machine. The that yeah. was us on new year's eve lockdown <laughs> takeaway yeah it was man that that was did it trigger trauma. you in some way were you like watching it just going um actually uh, it didn't trigger me um because by that point i'd got over yeah, <laughs> that yeah. experience but actually funnily enough that was um that was definitely uh my, yeah i had a few panic attacks after that shift yeah because it was imagine. awful yeah imagine. well we were in the height of covid then yeah, yeah, yeah um and we weren't meant to be with any more than your immediate bubble unless you was at work and on new year's eve i had you know at least 50 delivery drivers all piling over each other trying to get you know it was like carnage it was, the systems there. went down and they allowed everyone to pre-order and so we had crazy amounts Ugh. influencers discuss oh, we... I, mean, <laughs> I think for me you know there are, there, there are certain influence influences you think okay yeah you know foodie it's the ones that aren't really foodie or just have a have a following that's sort of just a bit like you know totally irrelevant kind of yeah genre you know and something surprising who actually comes and asks for things at times you think well really you know do i want a free meal for putting you know a picture on my instagram and yeah I don't know, you know, yeah. so I, I, we, we don't really get involved in that. There are definitely food influencers and especially some of the local guys, you know, that have been great for us, you know, yeah, yeah. and we will support and I'm seeing that change. You know, it's it's definitely a, 
you know, double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, yeah. but oh, for sure, it's amazing what, what what sort of requests you get. Sometimes you think, really, mm. yeah. I think there's some really great local. Um, uh, blog is the wrong word now because blogs don't. Who's who's got content a blog creator. still? Content creator. Mm. There you go. Um, thank you for that. Um, but I, I think I, I think they're great. Uh, I don't think it particularly benefits our part of the market. So we don't. It's not something we we dabble with too often in terms of invites and um, you know freebies and things like that. So when they do come in, we treat them as though they're industry because we know them, and I think that they're content is extremely good and Ooh. i think that's something that's really improved in the last few years that in the there was a time where because it was social media and i guess camera phones were a bit not so good and so you would do this stuff and then some really bad photos would go online perhaps some from the bad writing of, from some yeah, people yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of like that so it, it, i think what they they do is really good and we, and we just make sure that they're you know they're looked after because you do know that it will it will go it will go a long way um but I think the biggest influences locally, uh, other restaurateurs and other restaurants that go out and share each other's, each other's things. And we, we certainly, when we open the restaurant, we, instead of inviting um, content creators, we mm. invited local restaurateurs and other mm. people that had... Yeah. It's, it's part of the parcel. It's there and you can't ignore it. And I think I... Um, <sighs> I think when someone opens and they're fresh and they're new, I think if you've not got anything good to say, maybe keep it in for a little bit and give those people time. Mm. Pretty much every penny they probably own and probably owe a lot is on the lines. And it can be things are out. Once something's out there, it's there forever. So they have a huge responsibility. Mm. And I just hope they take that huge responsibility seriously. Yeah. Um, and... Also, I think they've got such a great platform now that it would be really lovely if it could be utilised to also talk about the industry rather than just whether they enjoyed that meal. No. Oh, strong, yeah, strong agree. So yeah. I think mm. um, if they have got the platform and they are genuinely behind hospitality rather than how it makes their profile look, yeah, yeah. Um, Come behind the scenes. Come and look at my spreadsheets. Yeah. Come and see how much money I make at the end of the month, comparable to what I took on my top line. Mm. Come and see how hard it is to make those margins work at the moment. Yeah. Come and see me have those talks with the member of staff that I'm really trying to support and win around. You know, yeah. it, there's so much more to having a restaurant than just putting plate in front of a yeah. someone. And I think, you know, are they industry background? What do they know about the industry to be able sure. to? shout so loudly so i'm always interested in what at what point did that does that person decide that they are the voice of hospitality yeah responsibility is really important we've got a huge responsibility i remember last year at um octoberbest there was a restaurant locally very dear to a lot of our hearts that, that closed shortly after mm. in an act of trying to keep things going towards the end they kept that offer going and everyone was flogging the guts off it on mm. the, the mm. um influences online and stuff like that and i thought god like what they really need is for you to be saying, this is madness. Go in at the Go weekend and spend some, and money. Spend some money because, <laughs> like, this is really tough. This is, you yeah. know, they opened during a pandemic and blah, 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 and, 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 you know, and unfortunately then didn't make it. And I remember thinking really consciously at the time, and it wound me up a little bit, that, that it was that there was a bigger thing to kind of look at and see. And the, the responsibility is massive because also we're seeing a massive decrease in national press and wider mm. press and newspapers and things like that, where there used to be only a few years ago, 
um, like an Argos or a Brighton Independent article, for example, locally would be really good. The guides nationally had a bigger presence, but even people like Marina O'Loughlin now doesn't have a, an article, but she's only on social media. She mm -hmm. only does things on, on that. And it's no less if she came to the, your restaurant and she put something on there, you could arguably do even better off it yeah, yeah. than than something in the press. So actually everything you're going back to social media and TikTok and things like that everything is extremely niche and the, and the responsibility is oh. massive because it is it can make or break people they do have that power we right all know that that you know that negative press is always more juicy to read than the positive mm. press right yeah. so that's the one that people are going to click for i think you know look there's some great people out there especially in brighton there are huge advocates for the industry mm. and it would be quite interesting to see them challenge their voice and, and do other stuff with what they can do now i yeah. think especially mm. as like you said there's a lot of big brands coming to brighton and you know all of that side of things but also the other side is you know it's a great thing in respect that it might be someone that approaches you i think think the getting the one let's collaborate and they've not got a huge amount of followers and yep. they're completely obviously got nothing to do with yeah, what you're yeah, yeah. about or like why would they choose you and they yeah. just want a free dinner because they're coming to brighton for you know you can see through those ones yeah. and it's really cheeky cheeky considering how tough it is for our industry at the mm. moment to ask for free food um but th it's also it gives you the opportunity to maybe go out there to a market that you haven't tapped into yet you know there is like to talk me joking about TikTok. you know there's another market out there that's younger that might be you know coming to us and um, there's a lot of students come to brighton every year that need to understand who, what who's out there and where they can afford to eat and yeah. so it, it's it's it, you know it's definitely positive as well and and having people talk about you and, and everything i think it's just um yeah, like, like Rob mm. said, it's an element of the double-edged sword to it a little bit. But we are massively appreciative of the support that we get out there. And there's some great people out there that really do love the industry and, and want to talk about it. It's away from the freeloaders, When you get that sort of personal yeah. feeling about your own business, about people yeah. talking about it, you yeah. go, well, you know, and it's it's very hard not to sort of dwell on some of the, mm, the things. You know, hard. But, but also, I always think now I remember that so much media out there, that how long people, how people consume media has changed and it... it you know what was an Instagram or on TikTok, and then suddenly onto five others, and we don't. I think people don't retain the information as much as that's why you've got to keep doing it. You know, yeah. it's so. Yeah. I, I think some of the the unpleasant sort of um, side effects of, of um, influences and stuff. You, you probably take them on a bit more personally than you should do, and just move mm. on. You know, because particularly it's, as an industry circle as well, you look at stuff and you notice things that get, and it does get you back on, like I said, yeah. but actually who else has seen that? How far has it really gone? You know, and it's actually, and just, I, is it going to stick there? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's no, the critics that, that are the bigger I, ones. I, I think once it's out there, it's out yeah, there forever. Real. And I, I do, I, th I think it's yeah. a big deal. If you're going to write something about someone, you've got to really stand behind it for good mm -hmm. and be willing of what that consequence will have for yourself, but also the person you're saying mm -hmm. about. Are you yeah. listening, food critics? <laughs> You've oh made God, my life hell the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, a couple of things, and I'm just looking at time because I know you'll need to go and um, do stuff, I'm sure. Um, so a couple of things was really just what the future holds, and then we'll, we'll do some fun quick fire questions. Don, what's the future holding for you, Chili Pickle? And hospitality, do you think? Oh, wowzers. I want to answer that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> for In us, three words. <laughs> for us, immediate, uh, nice new menu changes come in. Oh, nice. Susan, now's working really hard. He's cooking loads at home at the moment, trying stuff out. Um, <clears throat> for the chilli pickle, not 100% sure right now. We've just kind of 
finished licking our wounds a little bit, I think, mm. from what's happened in the past and, and sort of we're all still a little bit in survival mode. Um, so, yeah, watch this space. You know, we're definitely ambitious and we've got a lot of fire in our belly. So, um, yeah, we're excited about what the next few years are going to bring, that's for sure, definitely. Um, for hospitality, I think hospitality has got so much scope to do amazing things and I think um, it's not going anywhere. I'd love for it to be represented better politically and financially you know there's it's such a great industry for our country and it's so diverse and so interesting it's part of our culture it's who we are we all eat out it's really really important and um i'd love for it to be thought so by the people in the big house yeah it's a big one that i mean just yeah hopefully a change of government might Bring yeah, some yeah. of that and maybe. change in VAT. Mm. Yes, <laughs> I agree with you completely on that. You know, the big one, especially yeah. you know, with the size of the sort of market we will work in, you know, and what that actually brings into you know mm. the the wider economy is doesn't seem to be, you know fairly represented Absolutely. to me. You know, and yeah. we have a little bit of uh, help in VAT or mm. you know, and it's just you know again I agree. It's, it's sort of people hopefully will further up the chain and start to recognize that they need to invest in it and people's you know it's a it's a career and a, a an important part of the economy yeah, yeah. For so, sure. some of the feedback from the government i believe was we needed to be shown to be supporting ourselves before getting money for things like hospitality rising and oh, stuff like that so that was some of the feedback we got when we were looking for money for to help fund the recruitment stuff um so but that's yeah. just not taking it seriously, right? We, we are a huge employer. Oh, and we are, top, top. Yeah, mm. and not only that, we can employ people from all different levels of education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can employ people from all over the world, which I know has been definitely narrowed, but that's yeah, yeah, another yeah, yeah. discussion that makes my blood boil. Um, and I think it's brings so many skill sets to someone. Someone that's worked in hospitality will have such skill sets to take to any career, um, and, and that's not really taken seriously. I mean, I, I remember Microsoft at one point would only hire people that had hospitality that's experience right. because of the personal skills. Yeah, you can yeah. problem solve, you can think on your feet, you can talk to people yeah, yeah. and have conversation yeah. be, you know, and, and those are really, really important skills to succeed in anywhere in life. Yeah. Um, and hospitality really does help hone those skills. Yeah. Therefore, you can take you anywhere. Yeah, for you know. sure. Yeah, what about you, James? Crikey, yeah, echoed a lot of that. Um, there's this year has been it's not very sexy, but a year of consolidation, making sure that we just kind of hang on to what, we, what we've got. We, we came pretty close to doing something else next year, and then with, with the landscape and the backdrop of um, what you then realised was uh, how nice it was to have a year of lower VAT, this kind of false. Um, mm pot of money that then disappeared when things all went back to normal and that sort of thing um so yeah we've done that um we want to do more we don't know what there's lots of things we, we would love to do um my wife and i obviously rob's in, in the short term rob's opening a wine shop he's him and his wife have got had the opportunity to step out and do something else but it's still very much part of the business and we uh, just yeah, working out how to run things <laughs> together uh, and taking on a little bit extra of that at the moment. But um, oh, yeah, fire in the belly as well, as Dawn said, to kind of to, to, to do something else and got so many exciting ideas and it, it just to have the opportunity to, to do that will be um, will be great. 
hospitality in general, as I said, I think it's really on the right track. I think a lot of what you just said about taking the industry seriously and taking it seriously ourselves, unfortunately, I think there's this whole part of it, which is still poorly run laws are broken employment laws and things like that. It's, it's got to yeah. be there and you don't, you know, it, it, what percentage of the industry we're talking to three business owners that are, are all trying to do things well, but I, I still would imagine that we're in the minority and, uh, and so, yeah, we just, um, need to continue doing what we're doing to make, to make things as, as, as good as we can. The world floor number two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be the, that's uh, yeah, that's the plan. Exciting. <laughs> Rob? Well, you know, I mean, always the um, eternal optimism I've got, you know, so um, looking at, always looking at maybe, you know, it's sort of still having to jump over that line. Having jumped over that line a couple of times and then sort of tried to jump back quite yeah. quickly, you know, is, um, and that isn't quite that such an easy, easy, easy step back. Um, so a little bit of experience of trying to expand and then not quite getting that right and then having to retreat. Gives you a little bit more sort of perspective on the potential pitfalls of of getting it wrong. Um, but having said that, you know, if the right opportunity comes up in the right sort of location, and we feel that um, you know we've got a, a product that would be needed in a certain place, then maybe yeah. we're never never going to say never. Is it, just, yeah. is it just gut feeling like we, we you know just speaking oh, to someone know, who wants to of... take that step from one to two and like literally halving what we can do for one and, and splitting that and you've both done this right so, so yeah. <laughs> you know it's... yeah i mean you, you learn from your mistakes that's for sure and um they're expensive lessons but they've definitely make you better at what you do without a doubt um but yeah i, th I think look if you're the personality to open a restaurant in the first place you're You've got something in you Pretty that makes resilient. you fairly resilient and risk-taking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you do learn from the lessons, but you also don't learn from the lessons, really. We'll try again. Cool. All right, well, quick fire then. We'll slightly change the end. Usually we do a market of 10 and we ask favourite city to eat in and all. Let's just do it for Brighton. So favourite Brighton restaurant and no self-nominations? I think it's impossible. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. I, 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 <laughs> really, what, no favorite restaurant. My answer's down and everything, and now you can throw a curveball. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, we can go back to those if we nah. draw a dud here. It's, you know, it's politically it's difficult. You know, there's a lot of yeah. people that have come through of our restaurants and then open their own oh, restaurant, yeah. which we quite like. You know, um, we know a lot of people in town, which mm -hmm. we like oh, a yeah. lot of their restaurants. So we can do it. Well, we just, yeah. well, we just go and say everything. We did it. Can, but like Rob said, you know, there's so much choice out there. There's so many, you know. It depends what you're looking for at the time and what you fancy on the night, right? Right, let's go back to the ones. So, <laughs> favourite city to eat in, Dawn? Uh, well, London, obviously. Singapore, Delhi. Cool. Without a doubt. Delhi, I love. And we'll stay on you for quick fire then. So, um, favourite hotel? Taj Falak Numa in Hyderabad. Insane. Okay, I need a link to that. Oh, <laughs> man. You walk up the stairs and they sprinkle rose petals on your head. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you pay for the rose. Just bottles. like London Road, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and then a uh, favourite coffee shop? Well, I haven't really got one because I'm oh. not a big going to coffee shop kind of gal. Oh, okay. We've all got you know, coffee machines. I have coffee at work, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I used to smoke in Dubai, I used to go to a great little back alley one and smoke shisha and have a black coffee. Very good. But yeah, no, I'm not, not big at hanging out in coffee shops. Uh, favourite bar? Uh, well, I love the American bar at the Savoy for yes. a bit of a last word. That's always a 
Yeah, Classic yeah, route. Yeah, yeah. And Cute. a pen. Nail the hangover. Oh. Um, and then favourite restaurant? Um, well, I'm not allowed to say chili nope. pickle, am I? Oh, you can, but everyone about goo. It depends what you're looking for. I mean, a bit of proper old school classic. We love a bit of rules in London. I was the other night. Was you? I so I'd never great. been before. Oh, I love it. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it's good. Masterclass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Dumpak in Delhi is one of our highlights. Recently in Sri Lanka, we had the best meal in Upali. If anyone's going to Sri Lanka, go to Upali. Yeah, yeah. Can you send me links? Same. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. They're amazing. Nice. What about you, James? Favourite city? Um, gosh, yeah, probably probably is London. Yeah, weekends away in London. Mm-hmm. And actually, to touch on that, it was a question, and then it hasn't happened, but I have to thank Dawn and Alan because one of the questions was, how is it working in business with your spouse? And how oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, as, you can, as you can imagine, the best advice we well, got all three of from you. my predecessors. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, ben and Pamela from the Gingerman Group, who we worked for for a long time yeah. as well, but yourselves... The importance of not taking stuff home easier said than done but mm-hmm. all, but mainly taking time for for one another and um we have quite a similar sort of weekend away situation it's normally a festival or a gig two nights in london get rid of the kids for a couple of weeks yeah. and trying to do that once a quarter into this weird bit now where like nothing really happens between now and december and then suddenly you remember to do that again in the spring so it's quite a summer heavy thing but yeah. um the best advice uh Faye and i got was from you two and it, and it works yeah. <laughs> well that's great yeah oh, that's great. so london it? it's off to london yep. and the bulk of these answers will um be london-y. london centric which is really terrible given this is a brighton i can do brighton and london <laughs> i'll do both i'll do both so favorite hotel uh probably the hoxton nice. mm-hmm. yeah. you want a holborn shoreditch yeah yeah we'd yeah. like going east so cool yeah and a coffee shop and ginger pig hotel for for brighton it's i How launched that i was the gm yeah. when that opened and that was the, one of the toughest um periods of my career getting that thing up, up and running so um but i also think it's the best hotel what the brighton. ginger rooms the ginger pig rooms yeah. Ah, yeah they're sensational really great i haven't need seen to, any others but they're the best you need to check yeah. them out yeah coffee shop no okay uh bar um satan's whiskers in uh hackney oh, pretty awesome grilled grilled cheese sandwich and it's one it's one of them it's in like the top 50 list of the world but you wouldn't think it is really 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 cool and and bartomini in soho for uh oh very good for me negroni yeah very good and then favorite restaurant um the two three restaurants that we kind of built our restaurant around in terms of inspiration shea bruce trinity and noble rot for London and they're kind of on a rotation and then locally we try to get to the set at least once maybe twice a year um I think Dan Kenny is uh really really wonderful and gifted and producing some of the most exciting food and Palmito been there twice since that opened as well and that's really really exciting um there you go well the the set's um October best menu is insane it's like a 24 Mm. Of course, yeah, they really... like a raffle, didn't they? Nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you yeah. give me a Newcastle Brown once as a part of a wine. Oh, the flight. Which I thought was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's almost hipster, what you're getting. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Tenant special. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rob? Oh, you finish so, off. Um, hotel, you know, before kids, and um, someone was the So Hotel, not part of the Sarah yes, House Group, the yeah, Hotel yeah. on Dean Street. Dean Street. Some great fun in there. Um, 
Probably New York is my favorite city. I love New York. You know, I've sort of been lucky enough over the years to spend, you know, at least once a year in New York for a weekend. And um, restaurants, again, you know, it's um, a difficult one. I suppose the restaurant that stands out the most for me as moving to London was Andrew Edmonds. And um, it was my first sort of introduction into sort of a, a restaurant that wasn't a Bernie or something that was yeah. where I was from. And yeah, that blew me away. Um, so, was Andrew uh, Arena? He, unfortunately, he's passed away, yeah, but he's yeah. still there at the restaurant. So yeah. um, I sort of go in there occasionally. Um, nice. And a favourite bar? Favourite bar? Probably Lock Tavern. Still, Camden um, oh, was a place yeah. that I spent quite a lot of time. My first experience into, into London was that, was that bar. Uh, every time opportunity I get, I still go in there and try and get a pint of Guinness at the bar. <laughs> All righty. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming and spending yeah, sure. time with me thank today. You. It's been just one of the most enjoyable episodes because usually I'm doing it on Zoom and I'm not seeing real people. It's been <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Um, so I really enjoyed having you in the dungeon. Um, and just wishing you all well Thanks. for Christmas and the trading period coming up. And yeah, I'll be in your establishment soon. I hope. Nice. See you soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, that was just such a lovely chat. And to be in person with James Thompson of Wild Floor, Don Sperring of Chili Pickle, and Robert Shenton of Riddling Fins, some real food, drink, and hospitality heroes of Brighton and beyond. But just lovely to spend time with them. I'm so grateful for them giving up their time and sharing their thoughts with us and I'm wishing all of them well for winter and also as they build towards spring and summer next year. Three of the best brands that we've got in Brighton and beyond actually, if I'm being honest. Thank you so much. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity and serve guests better. Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand boom.